Tell us about the job you're doing now and how you came to be doing it. Okay, so I'm the Head of Patient Experience for Mental Health and Learning Disability at NHS England, but I also hold the remit within Patient Experience Team for vulnerable and marginalised patient populations, which include lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans in the widest population, and the others, which we, you know you can call the Q, I, etc., so intersex as well, um, as well as gypsy travellers, etc., now, you're a bit of an NHS lifer, aren't you? Yeah, twenty about 24 years, I think, now. Obviously, you've been an NHS employee in a variety of roles for a long, long time. What's your experience as a black gay man been of being an NHS employee? There's two types of organisation and two types of issues I've faced. Firstly, when I've worked in organisations where there are no black people, people are much more comfortable to talk to me about the gay issue. Right. Um, and so it's actually easier to be gay than it is to be black. But one of them I have to come out about, one of them I don't. So I think that's quite an interesting quandary how people find it perhaps easier to talk about sexual orientation in areas like, you know, Manchester, uh, part of the big cities, I guess. That's true to say. I think it's a bit different in some of the more rural communities. Where there's very diverse NHS organisations, I've had some really interesting ones. So I worked in a uh, organisation in East London once. It was interesting. There was a, quite a few Asian staff there, and my heritage is uh, my father was Sri Lankan, mother was English, and I was in my thirties, I think, at the time. And there was a woman there. She said, "Oh, you're not married." And I said, "Oh, no." And she said, "Oh, I've got some friends I'd like you to meet." So before I knew it, I was kind of on a date uh, uh, with <laughs> a woman. Awkward for both of you. Well, it was yes. It was a bit of a will and grace moment, and <laughs> and I was very honest with her, and we had a good laugh about it actually, and everybody was really cool. So this brings me to the question of voluntary disclosure, because um, as we've now discovered, um, the disclosure levels amongst the lesbian, gay, bi and trans community in the NHS workforce are really, really low. If you're working somewhere new, how would you gauge whether you wish to be open or not? So what I've been doing the last probably 10 years of my career is I, before I apply for the job, I look on their website. I look to see whether they have staff networks. I look to see whether they have positive mention of same-sex relationships. So, you know, their benefit policies, so whether it be maternity and adoption, they talk about same-sex couples. When they talk about compassionate leave, they talk about same-sex partners. I look for things like that because they're little tones to tell you what the culture, what the barometer is. And then I ask some specific questions in the interview. And you um, felt reassured? Well, yes. I asked the questions because I... And there is a risk because if they choose not to employ you because you've asked questions around, well, I'm thinking of adopting, for instance, which I was at the time, what is your same-sex adoption policy? Now, I look for body language. You, you become skilled at this. And I didn't see any grimaces or anything apart from the fact they didn't know the question. Just confusion. Yeah. And I actually got the job. And there is an argument here. So some people say, I would never do that because I might never get the job. My answer is, well, if I wasn't going to get the job because I was gay, then I wouldn't want the job in the first place. So what do you want to see in organisations? Obviously, you're, you're part of, you're involved with the NHS. I'm thinking about organisations generally who have a stated objective for whatever reason, financial and or legal, ethical, to make their workplaces more comfortable and welcoming and inclusive for everyone. What do you want to see? Do you want to see networking groups? Do you want to see straight advocates? Do you want to see LGBT champions? What works for you? None of that, really. I right. think the, what I want to feel, so I don't want to see things I want to feel that I'm not judged by my sexual orientation or the colour of my skin. I completely understand what you're saying about that. I'm interested 
I'm putting myself in the shoes of a CEO of a boardroom and thinking, I want, you know, we want to drive that culture in an organization. That's who we want to be. They've got to have some sort of strategy for making that happen with their people, haven't they? So what should they be doing? So strategies are really, I always say, start with data. So um, I've worked in trusts where we've got 90-odd percent sexual orientation data. So I think starting with data is really key. Educating staff about their own data, because I don't think you'll ever get to customer or in NHS uh, terms, patient data, unless staff feel comfortable. Uh, and in the NHS, I often get, and this is uh, it's quite critical, really, people saying, yeah, but it's just really difficult asking them questions. And I said, but, you know, in the NHS, we can ask somebody to strip off and get into a gown with their you know, backside showing if for an X-ray. But we can't ask them what their sexual orientation is. And some people go, well, yeah, but that's what they do in their bedroom. It's no, it's actually not. It's not about sex. And I think they're the thing. So what I've learned over the time is the barrier to those questions is not the people answering them. It's the people asking them. Do you get sense that employers generally are, are getting there with this? I am. Of course I am. So with the advent of equality within the workplace and the equality within social settings with regards to uh, goods, facilities and services and equal marriage, all of that drives a new normal. And I think I saw statistics being an, uh, a father of two wonderful children um, that adoption now, 12% of adopters, new adopters are LGB. Uh, which I think is fantastic. I think there's still more work to be done on transgender adoption. But I think we are getting there, and I think there is a creation of a new normal. But it's interesting when you go out, it's created a difference. It's much harder to be public and not be out when you're an adopted parent. And it's something I hadn't considered. When you've got two kids and one shouting daddy and the other one shouting pops, everybody in that vicinity know you're gay parents. So hate crime for LGBT people is on the increase and has continued to. You worry that's going to reflect in the workplace? Well, most workplaces are a reflection of society. I do still look at organisations. If I'm looking for another role, if I'm going for an interview, I still think about how will I, how will I fit. And do you think college leavers are doing that right now? I think some are, and I think maybe their first choice will be an organisation that has a history of positive LGBT outcomes either in Stonewall or have stuff on their website. 